Welcome everybody to another episode of Rick and Force's Feeding Frenzy. Uh, we are, of course, sitting in here today. You've got the big force leading you through the way, and we've got a little bit of a change up in the uh, in the lineup this evening. We're, we're welcoming in Jake the Snake. How are you, mate? Yeah, thanks for having me back. Oh, thank you for coming in and helping us out tonight. Now, um, for those who haven't been paying attention, we have, of course, to, to announce that uh, Big Rick De Wallace is no longer with us on the show for the time being. Uh, he's moved over to Perth. We wish him all the best, and um, I know he'll be listening to this, so um, yeah, all the best, and thanks for setting up such a great show. Uh, Jake, a little bit nervous, maybe? Got some big uh, briefs to fill? Yeah, big briefs, big shoes, um, and you know what they say about guys with big feet, he's got a little bit of that as well, but um, yeah, look, Rick uh, obviously got the ball rolling with this podcast, and I'm happy to sort of jump in and sort of learn the ropes on the fly. <laughs> on the fly is definitely how we like to do things and I think uh, a few people will be, feel a bit more safer in the change room with the door open now without Richter uh, impeding on them from now on I guess <laughs> you know I will miss those big eyes gazing at me in the uh, in the mirror but you know he's he's gone on to greener pastures got uh, got some good opportunities professionally so um, just personally and I think from the rest of the playing group we all wish him the best yeah, it's not going to be quite the same without him here on the couch, but um, that's all right. We've, uh, we'll keep moving on. We'll, we'll keep subbing in players as we need them. And uh, no Flecky again tonight. He's been dropped again to the twos, so uh, we're welcoming back Koa Mark. Yeah, g'day, guys. Um, thanks for having me back again. Uh, pleasure to have you on, mate. Yeah, cheers. All right, so it's been a bit of a break on the Feeding Frenzy. We haven't actually uh, had a show since uh, just before our Mount Barker game, so we've obviously had the two-week break. Um, So we are here to let you know we're all back and ready for action, and um, I think that's pretty much where we'll start tonight, is at the footy action on the the Mount Barker game. So, uh, Jake, I'll throw over to you. Now, if I remember correctly, you had a run in the forward pocket in this game. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah, the coaches have... um throw me forward the last couple of rounds um, had a crack at it early last year for practically the first time in my footballing career um, got obscenely lost in the first three rounds and got thrown back um, seem to be finding my way up there at the moment uh, probably a bit too unselfish for my own good to a fault um, but yeah starting to find some good spots and, and a bit of footy uh, it's all a bit of good fun, really, at the end of the day. But yeah, hard not to take, hard not to take losses and just uh, tough moments in the game a bit personally, um, for me anyway. Yeah. Now you've got um, you're up the front there, which is a bit bit of a bit of a, a different thing for you. Now you're so used to obviously jumping on your player and um, manning him up, but now obviously you're trying to find that free space. Um, is there anybody you're looking to for a bit of extra help and guidance as far as what to do out there? Uh, well, I haven't really had a had a chance to have much of a conversation with him, but the man to my left, um, we've, we've started to create a bit, bit of good chemistry, myself and Cohen, um, against Railways. That was pretty evident. Um, and, uh, and, and Wacker, obviously I've played alongside him for years. He was best man at my wedding. Um, and he's probably the one forward that I've gone back to year after year for just advice on how to find those spots and, and you know, find that happy medium between being defensive and still being dangerous. Um, so him and I have spoken a few times about it, but just trying to find my own way and, and find how I work into the system bit by bit yeah and I think it's been pretty huge having him back straight away um, his, his presence even though he's probably not feeling 100% his presence on field is, is, is felt straight away I mean he's, he's just shy of, shy of 100 games currently he knows the system he knows the boys better than anybody out, especially in that forward line he's been a dominant feature out there um, does it feel different having him back out on the field now Cal? Uh yeah he certainly gives us some another target down there to straighten us up Probably allows kids to play a bit higher up the ground, which is a bit of a luxury when he's clunking them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and probably allows me to go up the ground a bit more as well, um, which I probably prefer at this stage. But yeah, no, I think it's really handy having him back. It obviously makes a big difference when you're playing roles that are more comfortable to you too, doesn't it? You know, if, yeah. you're, if you're able to, if you're not having to rely on being that target down deep, you know, you're obviously able, allowing yourself to come up the field 
and making yourself feel more comfortable. So you're probably naturally going to play better footy doing it that way as well, aren't you? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so, yeah. Yeah, so big big presence to have back, and we can't wait till he's 100%. And um, as we said, that 100 game for him is looming. Hopefully yeah. he can knock that out this big season. milestone. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Not many people have done that, eh? <laughs> I can only think of one person in this room, and uh, unfortunately yeah. doesn't have blonde wavy locks, does he? No, he doesn't. <laughs> well, how many how many would you be in total if we're not talking just sharks? Uh, total league football games. Uh, you played a few seasons at Rams. Yeah, I probably played uh, 60, 70 there. So yeah, I missed a fair few through injury. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now probably about uh, eighty. Starting to tick them off. Ticking them off. Yeah. Yeah, it won't take yeah. long. Yeah. yeah, I'm still looking for my uh, league debut, but I'm sure it's not too far away. Yeah, just around the corner. <laughs> just around the corner. Oh, it's a big corner, though. <laughs> just just, just sweeping it Yeah, big sweeper, that's right. A little, little while away, but that's all right. Um, so Barker was, um, just speaking on the Bloods behalf, Barker was a bit of a funny game um, for us. We obviously missing quite a few numbers, so I think we were... 15 down from the previous week? Yeah, 15 down. So when you think, we, we sort of did the maths and I think we had to chase up another five players. So we're five players short of a team, let alone our starting 22, so to speak. So we were we were really seriously down. So much so that I actually found myself in the ruck for the first uh, first quarter. <laughs> that, was, that was a shambles. But, um, yeah, I, for uh, a while there, I thought I might be playing two games. Yeah. Excited. Oh, okay. But... Uh, Eventually. It's been a while since I don't know if the groin would hold up if he yeah, makes yeah. it through one game. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> don't know about the groin, more the fitness. <laughs> it's um, look, it's been a luxury this year that we haven't had to have boys play two games. Um, I think going back, one of the more famous ones was uh, Chris Ayres. He had to knock out two games, so he plays Resi's game, then rock, rock up the league as well. Last year, Mitch Jackson played. Um, three quarters of a of a of a Rezies game and then rocked up for league as well. So he was very much hunting for a reserves game that day as well. <laughs> was he? Yes. Oh, but he would have been a bit keen. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, so it's been a bit of a luxury. But it was a, it was a different game. So obviously um, we set up with a different different style of football that we don't usually play. Uh, and I think to be fair, we we made a contest of it as much as we could. But boy, it was a physical game coming off that one. I myself rocked up with about six bruises and a couple of stud marks here and there sort of thing. It was just a physical, gruelling game and we absolutely got pumped. But um, I guess for me, on the positive note, was this time last year we had we ran into the same trouble. I think we actually forfeited against North Albany without a team. Um, couldn't, couldn't come up with the numbers for that. So this year, our depth has carried... Like We, we obviously weren't, weren't a competitive side, but it's good to see that this year... We've yet to have to forfeit, and I think if we can get through the entire season like that, it's going to be a massive tick for us. You know, it's it's all about those building blocks, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, look, we've we've gone through like almost eight full seasons now, and I think we forfeited two senior games in that time. Um, we've always done what's needed to be done to get the numbers on the track. Um, but yeah, as you said, like this year having that depth that we don't have to have guys doubling up just to make up the numbers, allowing them just to commit to you know a hundred minutes of good hard footy, um, is is a bit of a luxury. Um, the depth that we started the season with has probably wavered a little bit with with injuries and some guys have just sort of gone a little bit MIA. Yeah. Um, but hopefully that's just a bit of a school holiday hoodoo and um, that'll all be over and we'll be able to yeah, go into this back half of the season and make a real strong crack of it. And that's something I had a quick um, chat with Tags about tonight actually after training and that was the fact that having a two week break at the back end of a footy season is just... Makes it tough to get up and go again. Yeah, it does. I mean, a couple of people, we're all back to, you know, we had training obviously Friday night um, last week and we fronted, what was it, what did we decide, 15 boys, including Colts? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, 15 odd players, you know, rocking up for wet, miserable, rubbish conditions to try and kick a footy in, but rocked up nonetheless. Um, And it's just funny to see the difference that, that, you know, that two week 
gap can make. The boys who were there for that training session versus the boys who might not have been working as hard through through the like not necessarily saying if you didn't train you were no good, but the guys who took the two weeks in in you know there took, was there was definitely a little I, I know what you're trying to say there was definitely a little bit of rust tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah, a few guys that looked like they'd just sort of lost the touch over getting out of touch with footy. Um, I had I had the one week off at the start of holidays with our team meeting on the Tuesday night, which again only fifteen guys rocked up to, and that was an opportunity to have your voice heard and have your say. And um, the blokes that rocked up to have their say, it was the same old fifteen blokes that we see there twice a week every week. So. Yeah, that was that was a little bit disappointing, um, from a uh, from a learning standpoint um, for our group. Uh, we really want to really want to take it forward and, and improve, but it's going to take everyone to be completely bought in to that. Yeah. Um, and I didn't feel like we really achieved that, if we're being brutally honest. But you know, footy's a long, arduous season. Um, takes a lot out of you. Um, but I always just wait until after round 15 before I start thinking about recovering. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, that's all fair enough, but we talked about, you mentioned um, you had the, the session where we all got a bit of a chance to have a chat and, and have your voice heard, uh, and there were a few people who sort of felt like we didn't advertise that well enough. Do you feel that, that was the case for yourself? Or do you think we need to do a li- we could do a little bit more as far as communicating out to everybody that this, you know, these things are happening... Yeah, I look. One of the things that came up that night was um, communication, um, both on and off field. Um, it was put to the group chat. Uh, it probably wasn't put in flashing lights and and bold text so that everybody saw it. But uh, the expectation is that that group chat is for communication in regards to training and playing and not just banter. Um, so the expectation is that if our lead captain is gonna put information on there, that he should be able to put it in there and everybody's gonna have a read and go, yeah, bang, that's in my head, locked in, let's go. Um, and obviously a few people glossed over it. But um, yeah, we probably could have been a bit more um, proactive with how we got that message out there. And that's on us. That's that's a learning experience in itself. To be fair, though, I think that group chat has some of the most quality banter that I've ever seen rolling around inside of there. Does have some banter. It is some quality banter in there. <laughs> yeah, Mitch, Mitch Jackson's probably the main offender there. Oh, uh, he loves you reusing his own uh, material, but doesn't he? Yeah. Post something a couple of days later, or we'll well, post you, it again you, just in you, case he didn't get the traction. You can talk, sore finger, can't run. How long have you been pulling that one out for? Still sore. <laughs> Actually, we are just having a bit of a laugh about that just before. Um, and I, I, The timing of that was perfect. I actually wasn't aware, Calvin, that you've actually done a bit of damage there. So what's the official word on the finger there at the moment? Uh, so I broke the vole of play. Um, so where the tendon attaches to the bone, I ruptured that uh, and chipped the bone. Uh, and then... The ligaments, I don't know what they're called, but the ligaments that run on the uh, outside of the finger, I know the inside of the finger, I ruptured them as well. Um, so just a little bit of damage done in there, but uh, just a little finger, so we'll be able to play on. <laughs> so no no real damage, well obviously a bit of pain, a bit of, but... A bit, no, of, bit of pain. Yeah, but, um, but no serious damage, not going to keep you from playing footy. Yeah, no, nah, I can play through it, just through a bit of pain, but, um, yeah. Now, as we were saying, um, we were having a bit of a laugh about this just before we, we, we started recording. I actually wasn't aware that um, you've done some damage there, and the timing was just perfect with the young uh, young Ruben Chung, who's... Uh, Who's who got in a bit of trouble because he wouldn't run for the Bloods one day. Now he's always he's always running, and I, I do have to give him a pat on the back because he's always coming out and running for us and helping uh, helping tags. He run the magnets and everything like that on game day. But he w- he refused one day to run because he had a sore finger. So he, was, he came out with a bit of ice and everything, and he said, "Oh, I can't run. I've got a sore finger." The timing was perfect. I thought you were taking 
taking the mickey out of young Ruben. So, <laughs> is your injury going? Uh, I think every comment of you having a sore finger has got a little laughing face next to they, next they, to me. They got a few reactions actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure for the right reasons or not. But, uh, I'll take them. Yeah. Uh, so you know, lovely to uh, always stir up young Ruben. I, yeah. I love to Sorry if I offended you, Ruben. <laughs> All right, so we'll roll back to, to the Mount Barker game. So we were talking about that there, and um, you guys were, forgive me, I don't know the, the official scores, but you guys were right in at half-time again, I think, weren't we? Yeah, it was only a couple of goals in at that point, I think. Did you guys hit the front at any stage in this game? I'm pretty sure we, we did at one stage. Um, I'm not sure we hit the front. I know we had a set shot. It was three goals. We had a set shot. Uh, I think late in the third or yep. early in the fourth, um, which we missed uh, before allowing them to kick the next seven in short time, really, to go down by 60 points. So yeah. um, you can say we kicked that and it's two goals early in the last, where maybe a sniff, but uh, yeah, we missed our opportunity there. <laughs> uh, and then we probably just let it slip like we have in most games throughout the year where we just have one bad quarter or a bad 10 minutes and uh, our team gets a run on and it can turn and sink a young group, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's probably a key thing there. It's, it's indicative of our age, and not just our age, but our, our experience um, as a unit. Um you see it happen sort of through all all levels of footy but we've got a lot of blokes under the age of 20 21 out there um, playing full-time league footy um whereas you know if i if i use taj as as the example here over at north albany he was sort of nursed through and and he was blooded yeah you know, bit by bit, and now he's just been thrust in, thrust into a surrounded a, a by role. another ten people who've played a hundred plus games. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and they've grown up with people who've played a hundred plus games and mentored them, whereas he is sort of in the deep end, uh, trial by fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, find your own way. Yeah, and we see like uh, I I find like Carlton an interesting prospect and. Um, to a lesser extent, St Kilda, because they've got a bit more experience on their books. But um, you see it with young sides. They can play an exciting brand of football, but being able to string it together for long enough to really get on top and put their, and, like, put their foot on the throat and you know, nail in the coffin, um, it, it happens pretty rarely. Um, I think, it, I think it, if, you, if you go about it the right way, it can improve you on a, on a quicker sort of scale um, but there's a lot to be said for um, as, as I said like the way North Albany do it having those experienced guys just blooding, blooding the young guys bit by bit um, and allowing them to just come in and play their roles and find how they fit in naturally um, and we'll get to that point one day but you know right now we've got myself as a hundred gamer on the, on the list we've got Wacker, you know, touch wood, uh, making his later this year. Um, there's a few guys starting to rack up, you know, 50, 60, 70 games in our list. So the experience is coming. Um, and chemistry is something that I've harped on about a, a lot. You know, we've got a group of guys that have played probably 40, 50 league games together, if that. Um, and then we brought sort of eight or nine guys in this year and just chucked them in our league side and said, all right, let's make it work. It's not, it's like, we're, we're not going to know what make, what makes each other tick. You know, he wants to go left. He wants to go, he wants to go right every time. Like there's little intricacies about each other's games that we're not going to learn until we've got those couple of seasons under our belts together. Um, so it's just a matter of actually sticking together and just you know putting in the hard yards and 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 the reward will come. But um, we've got to keep the group together. That's that's the main sort of key for me. Yeah, and that's going to be important going forward. But um, uh, and it's something we're going to have to keep focusing on year after year when we make sure these people are. And we've talked about it 
I think every podcast, you know, we, we talk about trying to make sure that we have this this really positive energy when you come to the club and you want to make sure that we, we keep that way, you know, we, we, we weed out the people who don't have our mentality and we want to try and keep the, the Sharks as this, as this, you know, uplifting sort of, um, you know, place to come and build your own footy and become, you know, become your own football player with, with a club who wants to have your back and all that sort of stuff, which is really important. Um, so, that, I mean, that that's sort of, you know, based around the chemistry. But what do you guys, how do both of you feel about momentum? Like, does, is that something that makes it means a lot to you? Is it something that, um, you know, if you guys were to sort of come in with, uh, having played two good ga- two quarters of footy that were really good, would you then roll into the third one expecting expecting to win the next one or something? Or, or for example, like you were saying before, Cohen, um, missed a set shot leading into the third quarter and then obviously fell apart in that third quarter. Do you think kicking that goal, do you think building momentum is something that you guys buy into or is it something you sort of, you don't really rate? What do you feel about it? Uh, I think it's big in a young group. Um, so I think when a young group gets a run on, they're pretty hard to stop. Uh, you probably go back to us against Royals earlier on in the year. Yep. Where we were absolutely just flowing. Um, and then it can be as small as siren goes, quarter time break or three quarter time break or whatever. That just holds your momentum for a bit and then it can swing. Um, but I think it's shown a lot throughout this year with us that momentum has gone both ways. So we've been, when we're hot and we've got to run on, we're pretty hard to stop. But then it also can swing the other way and we are having a lot of trouble stopping the other team when they're going. Um, so I guess you just, yeah, I believe in momentum and I reckon when a team's up and confident, especially in a young group, I think, yeah, it's, it's big, really big. Um, and it's just finding ways, I guess, as a defensive group, how to be able to shut a game down and stop another team's momentum. And I think that's pretty important for us. How do you feel about it, Jake? Is momentum something you buy? Oh, yeah. Momentum is, is very real in like, in terms of football, at least. Um, but, yeah, just on top of what Colin was saying, experienced groups know how to shift that momentum. And that's where Royals sort of picked us apart in that last quarter. Um, their experienced guys just stood up and they knew when to play tempo footy and when to go. Um, and we had played at a pace for three quarters, which was just go, go, go at all costs um, on both sides of the footy. Um, and I don't know if it was fitness that really let us down in the end, but we sort of took our foot off the pedal that little bit in the last quarter. And Royals just, as I said, they just sort of possessed the footy, possessed the footy, and then just went bang, bang, damage bang, bang, goal, and damage was done after sort of two or three. Momentum was back in their favour. Heads got dropped. Guys thought, nah, I'm out of this. Like, it's too hard basket. Um, and that ended up being a six-goal margin. Yeah, I think so. When After leading by two at three-quarter time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and that, that just comes down to age and experience in the trenches. Um Some people, uh, I've heard I've heard people talking about um, how our senior group doesn't know how to win because um, we haven't been there enough. We know how to get in front, but actually building a lead is something that we're still still working on. Uh, we've gotten our nose in front on enough occasions that we probably should have chalked up a few more. Um, and then it's just been a matter of, uh, you know, going into that half time or that three quarter time break thinking, yeah, we're doing all these things right. Let's keep doing that. Um, and I have noticed having spent a little bit more time on the bench this year than I have in previous years, I have noticed from the outside a little bit that, you know, other more experienced teams will go into those breaks thinking, okay, how do we adjust? And we haven't been able to counteract that because we're continuing to do the same thing, same thing that's worked for us rather than looking at those little 
um, those, those little areas where we're falling short and going, all right, we really need to address this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all a learning process. So one thing I'm noticing a lot when I hear, obviously, because I've interviewed a few of you guys now, and um, obviously this is my second time with both of you today, um, you guys all seem to take this personally. So when, when we talk about all the little bits and pieces that go wrong, it's not the coaching staff doesn't do this or we don't do this. It's, it's we haven't, you know, in ourselves, we haven't identified these problems or haven't been able to snuff out these problems. Is that something that um, that sort of Chubb is trying to put on you guys to have responsibility for your own game, or is it something that it's just a personal pride factor for you guys? Like, um, you know, obviously, Cohen, you've come into our club with nothing but positive attitude for absolutely every aspect of the game, whether it be training right through to everything. Is that is that sort of um, is that a self taught thing, or is that something that's a, it's a club taught thing? Uh, I think both. I think Chubb really drives it and I think Chubb really wants to drive it um, but then I think it all at the end of the day falls back on the individual some individuals are obviously more driven than others some value winning more than others some value having fun more than others like um, me personally I I just want to get the best out of myself and the people I'm around um, so yeah I personally think it's driven by both people um, and yeah, I think the group has a fairly good drive for that. So, yeah, I think that's pretty fair to say the group does does have a lot of drive behind taking you know personal responsibility for for the issues and things like that. Um, Jake, you might be able to give us a better sort of look into this one because obviously you've been here through Chubb, you've been here through Smallwood, you've been here through. Sedgwick, Mini Eaton, uh, <laughs> say your name, he's been here for yeah, it. <laughs> Cleve Humphreys, um, oh, Joe Galantino. That's, oh, that was that, the other one. That's a throwback. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's been a couple more, but yeah. yeah so, so tell us about um, tell us about the the approach. Then has the approach been? Is it a club bought thing? Is it a chub thing? Is it a personal thing? How do you see it? Uh, I think if you're talking like in coaching mentality, I think that's been something that's, I, I think it's something that's pretty universal in coaches in football, but I think Chubb has, he's, he's put a really strong focus on accountability, on, 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 on accountability and taking it personally. Um, that accountability word has been sort of a buzzword through every coach that I've played under. Um, at one point, that was I trained under seven coaches in six years. So thank God we've got some consistency now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's pretty universal in footy terms. Um, but Chubb has sort of brought it to the forefront um, and is making a lot of guys sort of take a look in the mirror. At, at how they go about their football and um, how much responsibility they take for yeah their own shortcomings or or just you know the positives that they can bring to the table. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's really good to see that that's that's the 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 length of freedom that you guys have uh, you know have been given sort of thing to to take that upon yourself. You know, it's really good. So. Uh, like as you say, it it is a personal thing. I think I think that's pretty evident actually, you know, but um it is good to see that it's it's driven from the coaching staff down. Um uh, so on coaches, um we'll just have a quick chat about um oh, it's probably the worst spray I've ever seen in football and that was the spray that you guys copped after that um oh would have been the three quarter time break, I think it was. The three quarter time break was quite a Quite a heavy spray that you fellas copped out on the field there. To, so much so that uh, I was sitting on the sidelines with Tracy Blaskow and we could hear it from where we were sitting. And um, I don't think anything that was said was uncalled for, but how, how does it... Uh, how do you manage something like that? How do you handle copping a spray like that after obviously trying, trying really hard? You, you, you know what you're doing wrong. 
in most cases, you know, nine times out of ten, if, if somebody's getting free, you know that someone's letting them get free or you're letting them get free or something like that. So obviously you're doing your best to try and manage these things, but how does it feel going out there, putting in your 100% and then copping a spray like that, which, to be fair, you know, it wasn't it wasn't an un, uncalled for spray, but boy, it was a spray if ever I've seen one. How does, how does it sit with your head? Yeah, I think it was warranted, uh, yeah. firstly. Um, and secondly, I think um, copping a spray like that from your coach, this is how I view it, is it just shows how much that means to him. Um, and especially with Chubb, I reckon uh, if he could still be out there, he'd probably still be out there. And I reckon he'd be showing a few people a thing or two. The stories I hear of him from back in his uh, railway days, he'd probably be pretty handy to have out there. But um, yeah, I just think he's so passionate um, and... Probably with the group we've got out there, he was expecting to achieve a little bit more than we have, um, and he knows we can achieve a lot more than we ha- have and are, um, and I think sometimes it just obviously builds up and builds up, and then, yeah, he just lets go, um, but yeah, I definitely think that one was warranted, yeah. the, the post-game one was probably just as full-on and probably even more so warranted because yeah. tell you what that last quarter was even worse mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I think yeah I mean it's an opportunity to respond um, a lot of I guess a lot of people uh, benefit from uh, different ways of communicating and some some people respond to a spray well um, others respond to like blind positivity, but I don't think we put ourselves in a position after that third quarter of footy. I don't think we put ourselves in a position where positivity was gonna get us back into it. And as as you said, it it's sort of it shows how passionate he is as a coach and about the position we're in. Um, He's done everything he can to be positive, you know, through like training and and consistent, you know, ten or twenty minute lapses all year. Um, and I don't blame the guy for it boiling over. Um, I I think it was definitely warranted. We deserved it. You know, there'll be individuals out there doing everything they can, um, but you know the old adage that a chain is as strong as its weakest link and we had you know a few a few weak links that were just you know not doing the hard defensive work and we just got picked apart um and it happens time and time again speaking from a coach's perspective like i coach under 14s footy so i can't give them sprays like that but sometimes i wish i could because i know i know that that would be the easiest way to communicate exactly how i'm feeling um in order to get a response. I guess a big one in today's society especially is probably the positive-negative sandwich. Yeah. Uh, I think Chubb actually does it pretty well where you knock someone down and but you don't leave them down. you still got to pick them back up. So you give them something positive, you give them something negative. So obviously that's the spray part. Yeah. Then he always finishes with something positive again and how we can actually do it. Uh, I think that's a pretty big one. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I come from... Uh, I, I worked a lot of FIFO, so we, we spent a lot of time um, looking at, at mentality. And for me personally, I, I got lucky twice um, when I used to work fly and fly. So I was working four weeks and one away on a gas plant up near uh, Caratha at one stage. And I had two very good friends that I worked with up there. And I got very lucky twice. Both of them flew out the day. They, they turned around and said, oh, I'm leaving, I'm quitting right now, today, right here, now I'm on the plane, I'm out. They both flew out the day. They said that the net, if they had been there one more day, they would have harmed themselves. And actually, it happened to a third person, that we, which I wasn't as close to. Um, and I know they've talked a bit about how uh, FIFO affects people and they've, they've FIFO's looking really hard into what mentality is and what it means to different people. You know, the old 
getting rid of the old toughen up princess and all that sort of stuff. So it's something that I take, and you could ask anybody that I used to work away with, it's something I take very seriously mentality. It's something I look at a lot and it's a lot of, a lot of ways of, um, and you'll hear it in the podcast too. I've, I've, I've raised this question with quite a few people, but as I said, me on a personal note, I got really lucky because I had two very good friends of mine who I thought were doing really well, um, happy, cheery people. Now, the sort of people you'd, you'd catch up with them at any stage and they're always happy, always positive, and those are generally the people who are suffering the most sort of thing. So you talk about your, your positive-negative sandwich or the shit sandwich, as we used to call it sort of thing. You know, you start positive, you, you get in the middle, then you get at the end of it, and, um, you know... You, you, you talk about how we use that a lot in today's society, but I think it's getting more and more important. Um, even things like, if you look at the studies now, children going through their, um, I forget what you call it nowadays, back when I did it, it was called your TE yeah. um, exams or your vet yeah. exams or whatever you call it, had the same levels of stress and anxiety as uh, soldiers in World War Two. You know, that's the same level of mentality that they're at, sort yep. of thing, which is... That's amazing. It's unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? You know, it's it's, it's, it's unconceivable, yeah. I think, is probably the yeah. word. So it's something that I take really seriously personally. It's something I look at a lot and, um, you know, take Friday's training. I think there's a time and a place for a spray, you know, um, yeah. and it's, it is effective when used correctly. Uh, and I... You know, obviously, I don't have as much to do with Chubb as you fellas do, but I, I don't think that the, the spray that you guys cop at three-quarter time is un, unwarranted. I think, you, as you both said, you both feel like it was the right way to go. Um, but I feel that there has to be times, and training for me personally is one of them, that you have to have a safe space. Yeah. have to be able to sit there and, and look at things like... I've said it, I've said it plenty of times, you know, if you, if you muck a kick up, you know you've mucked it up. And nine times out of ten, you see someone spray a kick. Yeah. They start speaking They start speaking French straight away, don't they? You know, you hear yeah. the. You know, we don't we don't use these these words on the uh, podcast, but you hear someone kick it and they go fluff or something like that. You know, I think that training is the place where you're supposed to build everybody up as much as you possibly can. You know, you're supposed to get get around each other. It's what training's for. You know, you make your you make your mistakes at training so that you can build and get positive on the game days and if you're not doing those things on the game days that's when the coach has no other options you know there's there's times when you see it in the AFL you know two minutes to go there uh, you know a team's a point down or two points down or something like that it's the difference of a kick you know and you hear the commentators say it's all up to the players now there's nothing more the coaches can do you know they're on the phone desperately going oh yeah. you know move this person here or do that there's nothing they can do they just have to let the players do it yeah. there's a time and a place for a spray but I feel personally that, that training isn't the place for it. I think that's the time when you have to get around people, you know, you have to back people up. And that's just how I see it personally, but it's yeah. something that something that I hold pretty dearly is, is, is people's mental states. And I think sometimes it is pretty easy to forget, especially when you're watching other play, other players and other teams, that we are just blokes playing footy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, as I said, time and a place for, for a spray, absolutely, yeah. but... Not all the time. And certainly, for me personally, certainly not training. Yeah. A big one, I, I guess, as well, is uh, knowing your personnel. Yeah. Uh, so, who can you spray? Who can you not spray? Like, who takes it well? Who doesn't take it well? Who thrives on it? Some, sometimes, uh, like, you might want a message to get across to you, but I'll spray Snake, because I know Snake can take it, but you're seeing me spray him and going... I don't, I don't want that to be me, so therefore you respond. But, yeah. But it wasn't actually directed at you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the problem with talking to people in group senses, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't work as effectively because the people who the message, as you're saying, might be directed at, they're getting the message and they're carrying on and then it's all good to them. But the people who aren't getting the message... Uh, or the message isn't directed at them. They might be necess- They might be doing the thing that you're asking. You know, you might be talking. Uh, for example, our five star handball. You know, we're we're looking at now. You know, we start off with the, the typical five star handball. Then we take two paces back. But then it's the time to you know, take the ball, raise your hands, and then hand the ball off and move in for the shepherd. Now I saw five people tonight at training doing that. They were doing the shepherding straight away, but the message was delivered to the entire group, wasn't it? Yeah. 
you know, and that's that's sort of the difficulty with messaging people in a in a group sense. You know, you have to you have to know who you're talking to and why, and you have to. It's it's tricky to do, but you almost have to sort of pick out those five blokes and say, you know, these guys were doing it well, but not so much to the point where you know you single them out exactly, and then you get the teachers. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. look, it's it's a tricky thing a group managing any group, isn't it? You know, and I mean, I'm sure Jake, you'll be able to tell us as well with your training. It's it's a, with your coaching. Sorry, it is. It's a tricky thing to know who can who can take what and why. Yeah, I think um, sort of going back on what you were saying just there, singling people out for positives is quite easy. No, yeah, there's the teacher's pet syndrome. If it's the same people time and time again, but if it's done right, it can encourage people to want to do the same. Um, in order to get that encouragement themselves. Um, what you want to avoid is singling people out on the negatives, and I, I like your approach of sort of giving someone a spray that you know can handle it, but sort of indirectly directing it yeah. at the person who needs it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a massive juggling act having, you know, say 22 blokes on game day, up to 45, 50 guys on a, on, a, on a really good night of training where, where numbers are just absolutely booming um, and being expected to be able to inspire every single one of those guys to want to train for you, for themselves, for their club. You know, I just always, like on a personal note, I always just go back to the the old adage you, you train how you want to play and um like I, I kind of tend to disagree with you a little bit forcey yeah um just in regards to like last friday night's training i'm not going to go into specifics because a lot of the listeners won't understand but um I, I don't necessarily think it was a spray it was just like it was stopping what we were doing because what we were doing wasn't working. It was getting everybody in and just demanding people to expect better of themselves and to train how you want to play. Um, but uh, it probably wasn't directed at the right people because the right people to direct that at probably weren't there that night. Um, you know, that's that's a conversation we had on the track as well. Yeah. Uh, I know you brought it up and, and you said, you know, you, you're telling us to lift our games, but at least we're here. You know, or, we're, or worse to that effect. It's the one I never used to understand where you'd turn up to training and the coach would be like, there's only 10 of you here tonight, so we're going to do running. Well, no, us 10 turned up. We want to do something good. Like, reward <laughs> yeah. us 10. Yeah, and exactly. those other 15 that aren't here, make them run like next training. I think to cap this off nicely uh, at the end of at the end of this discussion that we've just had, and I think it's been a pretty good one. I think at the end of the day, I think the message here is we really have to respect the coaches for what they have to. These these are the points that we're breaking down between three people over a couple of beers right now. This is something the coaches have to deal with week in week out. You know, every week, three times a week. I think even more so, it's probably a challenge in country football. Yeah, everyone's there for a different reason. Definitely. Um, and I think that's where it gets even harder because you could be dishing a spray out to someone, but they're just there. Just for just to see their mates. Like, yeah. Like, I might, yeah. So I think that's where it gets even harder. I, I mean, let's face it, there's plenty of reasons why people play footy. Some people, yeah, as you say, it could be socialising, it could some, be fitness, it could be personal yeah. gain, could be. Some people might just love football. Some people just like to tackle people. Yeah. And put them in the ground. Yeah, <laughs> that's none of us in this room, obviously. No, no, I don't tackle. But as we said, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think we just have to take this opportunity, you know, after this conversation we've just had, and that is to respect the coaches for what they have to do. Exactly what Sneaky was saying: forty-five people on a track at one day, and they have to try and manage everybody to get the best out of them. And I, to be fair, you know, you might play footy for different reasons, but realistically, I don't think you coach for different reasons, no, do you? I think. Yeah, I think if you sat yeah. every coach down and asked them why they coach, I think you'd get a pretty pretty straight up answer, wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, so I think that's pretty uh, pretty fair thing to say. So, good conversation, good chat. I think Richter would be proud of that one. <laughs> but I think it's getting a bit soppy around here. What do you reckon, Snakey? 
Get a bit soft. It feels. Yeah. It's been a little bit down in the dumps, hasn't it? Oh, I don't know about down in the dumps. It's been a bit, um, bit of an emotional roller. I feel like, you know what I feel like? I feel like we're in tags, these circle of love, basically, <laughs> right about now. That's what I'm feeling. So, um, might be time to change things up a bit. Now, this is the second time I've had to say this, and it's, it's going to take me some time to get over it, but I don't have Richter here tonight, so I don't have the Whopper's Wallop. So we're going to have to try something different tonight. So Jake, you're on your probationary uh, episode and we're, we're loving it so far. We've had some pretty good chats. So what are we calling it tonight, mate? Uh, well, I had a bit of a, 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 bit of a uh, suggestion. Epiphany. Um, yeah, <laughs> an epiphany, I like that. Uh, open to criticism, but um, I think we're going to go with the snake shirt front this week. I like the way that sounds. That rolls off nicely. So snake shirt front for tonight... I'm going to throw one at you straight away. Now, I was uh, running around the Mount Barker training rooms after our game, the visitors' training rooms, obviously, and I think I picked up about 16 blokes' worth of fucking strapping tape. Oof. Out of the showers, out of the change rooms, out, you know, on the floor, yeah. under the bags, everything. And I'm sitting there going through it. I reckon that's rough. Yeah. I reckon that cops one. That. Yeah, that, that cops a shirt front for sure. And it's not fair on the boys like, uh, you know, Skinny and Mr. Michael Lynch, who, um, you know, always does the right thing and cleans up our rooms for us. Not right on them to have to go around and pick up your stinky fucking strapping tape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially Lynchy driving the bus for us. Thank you, Lynchy. Good on you, Lynchy. Um, good man. Um, <laughs> Old timer. But, uh, but... Yeah, I mean that that's like that's day one. That's so basic. Um, clean up after yourselves. It's not that difficult, especially, especially visiting another club room. Um, you expect people to pay you the same respect when they're visiting at your club room. So um, it's not that difficult to yeah just tidy up after yourself. And if everybody pitches in, then it's not a big job for one or two people at the end of the day. Absolutely. So that costs a shirt front, definitely for sure. Um, on the subject of cleaning up after yourselves, um, my shirt front was in a similar vein this week, uh, but the Sharks change rooms. Um, as, uh, as you may have noticed, if you walk in over on the right, right hand corner, uh, there's a lost property box. Uh, well that was one lost property box and has now become two lost property boxes. Both of which are overflowing with old shirts and pants and jocks and socks and footy boots. And every week it amazes me how many people leave stuff behind. Um, so I haven't taken this to El Presidente yet, but I'll be making a suggestion that in the next couple of weeks, all that stuff gets donated to Good Sammy or St Vinny's um, to someone who could... Yeah, probably make better use out of it than we have been at the moment because it just keeps piling up and up and up and it's no longer lost property it's just uh, it's just sad now yeah it's just, <laughs> it is so sad um so that cops a shirt front for me absolutely Colin gonna put you on the spot do you have a do you have a shirt front this week uh I've got a rare shirt front. I like it when we do this. This is fun. We did, I think we first did this to Ruben, which is where uh, uh, you, you cop a, a wallop or a shirt front in person. And yeah. I, reckon, I reckon it's time to, um, to, uh, to, to get this out of the open. I think your hair, mate, this blonde mop or whatever you want to call it, I reckon that cops a shirt front. Yeah. I think I, you know what I've had enough of it. I really have. We you need have? to do something about it. Well, you get your chance on the seventeenth of August. Um, so I've decided on the seventeenth of August, Saturday night, um, post railways game, it is an away game, but we will head back to the club. Um, back to Centennial. Back to Centennial. Hopefully, we get a big crowd back there. Back for the awards. Yep. Um, second last round of the year, I believe. So hopefully we can finish the year off in style. Um, but I will be shaving my head for the Black Dog Institute. Oh, oh. Um, absolutely. That's yeah, great. Cause. So a really good cause. Um, sort of similar to what you were touching on earlier, actually, Force. Yeah. Um, yes, the mental health of 
men. Um, yeah. Oh, men and women. To yeah, be, isn't everyone. It? Yeah. It's everybody, yeah. yeah. Starts with everyone, but um, yeah. And just the message, I guess, that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Um, really special one. Alright, based on that, I want to withdraw my shirt front. I think he's doing it for a bloody good cause. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll shepherd. You, you shepherd? Oh. Yeah. First <laughs> look, time ever. Look at that. I like the sound of this. First time for everything. I think we've just started a segment right there. You know, we've got the shirt front or you'll get shepherded by snakes. So that's good. Yeah, cool. So the uh, like the probationary uh, show is going really well, Jake. You're looking, you're looking good there. It's a good start. You feeling good? I'm feeling okay. Feeling right? I'm feeling better now. <laughs> oh, we've said it. I think we said it in the first episode. Your favourite beer was a free one. It's like, yeah. Well, no, favourite beer's cold one. A cold beer. Second, Second favourite is a free beer. Third yeah. favourite's open. Yeah. So <laughs> fulfilling all three <laughs> right here. Your first three third favourite beers right in your hand. That's what we like to see. Yeah, it's very good. All right, so we've copped the shirt front. We've we've uh, we've restored the balance in the force. So I'm happy with that. <laughs> Pun intended, I guess. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. That's yeah. what we like to hear. So, um, like we said, it's not going to be the same without Richter, but I think we have to just take another moment to um, give him a pat on the back. He's started a great show. We're all enjoying it. We're, we're averaging, I think it's, I think the average is 40, uh, 56, sorry, 56 views per episode. So... Um, not bad for our first for our first season, really. Absolutely, uh, I think we've said it before. It's the the most uh, famous sharks related podcast, <laughs> Albany Sharks related podcast, I should say. So I, I think so. Yeah. I think we've got a uh, nice little accolade to have there. Uh, cracked seven hundred views in our last show, so hopefully we'll do some more uh, in the in the upcoming shows. We are looking at. Um, uh, obviously starting up a Facebook page and everything like that and we're looking forward to maybe having a nice little giveaway for somebody for our uh, thousandth, 1,000th view which is coming up very shortly hopefully if all goes well let's we'll talk to Tags about those sponsors see if we can uh, <laughs> see if we can hit a few of them up eh? <laughs> we've got a few sponsors to, uh, to get under definitely but um, whilst we're on sponsors actually I think we should throw out a quick thank you to Direct Seating in yeah. Big Tagsy for supplying the bus uh, to Mount Barker for us the other day. So a big thank you to Tags for that. Um, we've some, sent through... Some new footies floating around down at train. Yeah, through. some... Direct se- seating. I like the seedy footies. Uh, yeah. That's what I like to call them. <laughs> I like, love, love kicking the seedy footies. And they, yeah. seem to, um, they seem to float through the air quite nicely too, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Next thing so might be a new air seater. <laughs> do we need one for the grounds, do we? Uh, I think Colin wants one. Yeah, does he? <laughs> yes. Yes, well, we've got to repair the damage thanks to our little del- delinquent and their uh, their little burnouts on the yeah, grass. Yeah, the doughies, yeah. eh? Yeah, oh, jeez, if out, that doesn't cop a shirt front. Out, out on the far wing, I, I can't believe... Well, that would have been in Whopper's wallet, surely. That was... No, that was... But I don't think that was in the... That was post... That was under his tenure, I don't think. That was after Barker, was it? Yeah, it must have been. No, no, we've trained on it since. We've trained on it since. No. Ah, yeah, Barker you're right. Then. So uh, I think it was Whopper. You've uh, you've escaped the wallop there because we, we should have tied that up then. Yeah, yeah, but that was uh, that was pretty rough too. Someone someone coming in and doing that, you know. I mean, two two clubs play footy there, you know. So yeah. it's not like it was a personal attack on every yeah. on anybody, but yeah, I wasn't too happy. That's pretty rough, isn't it? You know, there's there's so many better things you could be doing with your time rather than doing burnouts on. Uh, you know, destroying. Let's face it. I mean, what have we got? 80, 80 boys who play footy. Royals would have the same. You know, hundred, two hundred plus people basically just ruining their night just because you felt like doing a couple of doughies. So yeah, it's pretty disrespectful, really. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say on that. I don't know what what kind of brand of human really. I do know the brand of human. I like to call them oxygen thieves. <laughs> Pretty poor donuts too. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah. must you're gonna do it at least. Do it, but. Uh, must must have been a. I reckon it must have been like an old buddy BR Commodore or something like that because it wasn't too too no, tracky. No, so. no, 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 I was, was going to say I reckon it was our mates in the AU Falcon from episode no, one. The, AU, the blokes in the AU Falcon from episode one were at least doing two wheels. You know, got got to credit Ford and their nine inch diff. At least they can get both wheels going at the same time. Not a Ford man, but I'll uh, I'll give them the pat on the back when they deserve it. Credit where credit's due. <laughs> Sounds like you. Yeah. Yeah. Or no. a Kia or 
Oh, it could have been a key. Could have been the old front. Could have been the old front wheel drive burnout actually. And that's that's one thing I always used to laugh at. You know, you ever watch a front wheel drive car do a burnout? It looks like a dog driving dragging its ass across the carpet. I don't know if any of you can visualise that. Yeah, that's, that's some good imagery. <laughs> so that's that's the sort of um, that's the sort of quality you come to expect from the uh, the feeding frenzy. You know, we, we can put into words what we're what we're trying to act out in person here. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on uh, to the fast five, which generally means we're, we're rocking to the end of the show. Now, Forsey's completely unprepared, so you're going to cop the, uh, the loosest fast five ever, so I think it's going to be very much like, um, I guess it'd be like watching the old Aaron Finch bowl, you know, he, used to, he loves to roll his arm over. He's not the tightest of the off spinners, but um, he gets the job done, takes a few cheeky wickets. So, uh, Jake, before we roll into the Fast Five, mate, um, as we said, it's your, uh, we're calling this your probationary episode. How have you felt about it tonight, mate? It's been good fun. Um, I, I tend to get caught on tangents and I, I get stuck halfway through a sentence and I'm sitting here thinking, shit, how do I bring it back? How do I bring <laughs> it back? But, um, yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll learn on the fly and always good to have a beer and have a bit of a chat and keep it informal and... Who cares if it's being recorded, really? Yeah, exactly, and that's the whole point, you know. Richter's um, message from the get-go was he wanted it to be a round-table discussion, you know, something where we can all just get a bit of footy off our chest and, and more than anything, keep people excited about footy throughout the working week, you know. You, you do your training, you, you play a game, and then it's just that, that stagnant period in the middle where you're just waiting for, waiting for more footy, and as Cohen said, it helps his day go faster in the tractor out at work. Nice. and. You know, for me and the big chipper, it helps out there too. So it's good, good to, um, good to just give you something a bit uh, different to do and keep keep footy on your mind and and just get a couple of bits off your chest as well, I guess. And always love to keep Tracy Blazkow entertained on her big long distance drivings for kids safe. So yeah. uh, she'll be driving from Collie home, I think. So that's about a seven hour, uh, six hour drive or something like yeah. that from Collie. So. All the best, Tracy, and please don't blow up that poor little car of yours again. Yeah, I feel like when she's not listening to the podcast, she's just got the Collingwood Club song on repeat. I reckon that after that victory she against West Coast, I yeah, think she would have been. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> still embracing yeah. it, still soaking it in. <laughs> Definitely. Now, Cohen, you've come here for your second episode now. Uh, it's been really great to have you, and obviously you were called in at last minute because we had two... Uh, two guests bail out on us at the last minute. It's, I swear to God, it's, uh, it's Taj Williams all over again, <laughs> dropping the ball yeah. for the fourth time in a row. But, that, um, you know, you've, you've been on here twice now. Give us, a bit of a, give us a bit of a feeling. What's it like coming into the show? Does it, does it feel scary? Is it, is it a, big, um, a big weight on your mind leading into it? How does it feel? Uh, I guess the first time I came on, it was probably... A bit more notice, so I thought about it a little bit more. Um, but I guess once you get here, uh, conversation just starts rolling and you just speak. It's just like any old chat with the guys. Um, and me personally, I like I like to dribble on a little bit and talk a little bit of garbage. So <laughs> it probably comes a little bit more naturally for me than other people. But um, I can't understand how it understand how it could be daunting but nah great great show and um to anyone that hasn't been on here that has been asked and hasn't quite said yes at this stage i highly recommend it um and yeah get on and talk some talk smack. some footy <laughs> get get it off your chest or whatever you need to do come out here and talk some footy yeah yeah good stuff oh, that talk some smack you do love a bit of trash talk though, <laughs> yeah Oh, oh, for sure. All right, fellas. So we're we're gonna try Forsey's uh, Forsey's loose fast five for tonight. You guys ready to go? Born ready. Born ready. That's what I like yeah, to hear. Who wants to go first tonight? Did you go first last time you were on the show? I was on here by myself, so I reckon I might have. Oh, you definitely would have. <laughs> that's right. Uh, didn't we have Big Tansy with you? Yeah, but he yeah. asked him. That's right. He had the questions. Yeah, didn't he? it wasn't really that fast at all. Either. No, it wasn't. If you're gonna if you're gonna pick a bowler, who would you be picking? Do you reckon? Probably tags. Probably tags. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fair. Oh, I didn't mind a bit of that. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon his uh, his left arm is probably just about as good as his left boot. What do you reckon? Yeah, not far off. Not far off. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> 
despite what he might tell you otherwise. So, Jakey, we're going to throw you up. Uh, you haven't done a fast five, have you? No, that. You yeah, were before. That, you that, were. That was after my time. Yeah, that's right. Oh, geez, you're showing your age now, aren't you? <laughs> I'm feeling it. It's way past me bedtime. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's going to be cold, cold uh, dinner at his place tonight. <laughs> All right, so Jake, we'll, we'll we'll start up the questions. We'll do our best to do them nice and fast. And uh, Cole and you follow in afterwards. So you'll do all five with Jake and then no, no, one, one, each, one, 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 one. One yeah. each, I reckon. Oh, we'll right. go. So you, you answer straight after Jake? Because yep. uh, I probably won't remember my five questions. Yeah, fair. Right, I don't so think we're both getting the same questions. You both get the same yeah, questions, yeah, all right? Yeah. So Jake, you ready? You're facing. You've got uh, Cohen at the non-striker's end. And I reckon, I'll, singles, bowl, I reckon I'll bowl someone tonight, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm swinging for the hills. <laughs> I'm going for boundaries or not. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> Glenn Maxwell in the chair tonight. <laughs> all right, Jake. Who at the Sharks is most likely to play AFL? Taj Williams. Uh, Kieran Gowdy. Kieran Gowdy, yeah. yeah. Okay, Dark Horse, I like that. I like that. But I like no, that. because I don't think he's smart enough to move to Perth. <laughs> <laughs> but he's big enough and ugly enough. Yeah. Alright, so go-to movie? Oh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Uh, Beauty and the Beast remake. The remake? Yeah. Ooh, oh, rough. I'm a traditionalist. Yeah, so am I. I haven't been able to bring myself to see the Lion King yet, but... I recommend. Yeah? All right, all right. We'll keep moving, we'll keep moving. Uh, Who is the Sharks' cult hero? Oof. Um, Oh. uh, Ruben. He got him! He's bowled him! Ruben (laughs) Eugle. Ruben? Ruben Eugle. Ruben Eugle. Okay, fair enough. I think... Jake really wanted to say himself then. I think he did. I think he did. So oh, we'll oh, I'll just give him Jake then. Give him Jake, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> He's got a red. <laughs> Alright, uh, next question. Um, who's the club's biggest pest? Yeah, I'll take this one. Me. Alright. Oh, 100% back him up there. Oh, I, I, won't, uh, I won't take it off him either. <laughs> Alright, that's a good that's a good one. Uh and last question. On the siren, five points down, who are you backing to kick a goal? This bloke right here. Thanks, mate. Um Taj Williams. Taj. Yeah. Can't yeah, he's got that, that clutch gene, eh? Yeah. Oh I'd happily take the shot, but Oh, I'm sure you would. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I, I um, went to the AFLX carnival with Taj this year, and um, I tell you what, he has got, I think that's exactly right, clutch gene is probably the best way to put it. One of the sweeter kicks of the football. Oh, isn't he just? You don't mind leading up to them. He knows where they are. But he just strikes it so naturally. It's, yeah. all, it's all timing. There's no power about it. It is literally just timing with him. Um. And as much as you can teach skills, you can't teach what he's got. Yeah. Natural talent. Gift, yeah. Bit like Tagsy on the mic, apparently. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Hopefully we get a chance to see that at some stage. Yeah. Just yeah, touching on that, just just nice and gently there. We are, of course, uh, looking forward to our lip sync battle. Uh, Jake, you've been involved in one of the wildcard teams. How are you feeling about it so far? Yeah, it's been good fun. Yeah. Um, doesn't really take doesn't really take much work. Um, you know, obviously, generally the songs are pretty well known, um, unless the suggestion is uh, High School Musical, in which case, which bloody movie are you talking about? But... <laughs> and which song isn't there? Five, five or six <laughs> songs. Number, per... I think number two got to go my own way. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but not yeah, not wanting to ruin anything for the punters out there. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, you choose a well-known song and something that's a bit of a bit of a ballad and got a bit of emotion to it, and the rest sort of take care of it, takes care of itself. Absolutely. Throw a bit of air guitar in there, and you know, Bob's your uncle. You've only got to fill two minutes with a bit of entertainment, and then it's somebody's somebody else's chance to get up there and make a fool of themselves. But we're all in the same boat. It's all a bit of good fun. So um, yeah, I hope everyone makes a real crack out of it and. Uh, Goes all in. Has a real go, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, we have we have talked about the wildcard teams being added into the actual contention for the win, so uh, how, how are you feeling about your chances? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited with what, we put, with what we've put together so far. It's, um, it's not looking too bad, is it? No, it's, it's, it's going to be a, good, a bit of good fun. Um, you know, a bit of costume thrown in there and 
yeah, it'll be. And we'll talk about an all star lineup too. Yeah, a couple of bench warmers brought in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think know, there's four can, bench warmers and Jake, if I remember rightly. Yeah, you can only play with what you got, you know. Um, but no, it's uh, it's it's gonna be a good bit of fun once we get a full crew together for a proper rehearsal. Um, which is probably about, you know, five minutes before the fact. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we need though, isn't it? Yeah, but you yeah, born ready. That's it. As you said. So, Colin, you're, you're in the uh, the league's official team. Yeah. How's that looking? Are you guys organised or what? What's um, the way? Have you picked the song yet? Yeah, look, I don't think the conversation's been had yet. Oh. Uh, so I actually thought Jake was in my group, so that's about how well we're tracking. Yeah. So pretty rough. Uh, I, I haven't closed myself off to do it. I'm a natural performer, mate. I'll, yeah. do, I'll do whatever needs to be done. I, I could be a late withdrawal still. Finger. <laughs> <laughs> you say, I, I was... I thought I, thought I was going to... Can't lip sync. Sore finger. <laughs> I thought I was finally going to have the chance to bring out the worm and shut uh, it off to everyone. But the finger definitely will restrict that. Yep. Um, you, you, I think you've been ruled out for any air guitar too, haven't you? Right hand might still be able to hold the mic. Okay. Uh, so we'll see how we go. Promising signs, yeah. Uh, I think I think we've probably got to get onto it. I think so. Um, so you've obviously lost Big Richter as your captain, so you better... Uh, yeah, better who's actually listen. stepping up there? Well, I don't know. You might have to... Maybe I'll take the responsibility. That's the way. Wacker. 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 Yeah. Well, I haven't heard from him. Not much for him. Well, I think we might have to, uh, <laughs> might have to nominate him. Yeah, has he just been thrown under the bus? Oh, has yeah. he just? <laughs> Michael Lynch was driving and he's gone under it. <laughs> I think he kind of spat the dummy earlier when we mentioned it to him and he said, oh, I hadn't been told about it. Well, now you've been told about it. Yeah. You've been told, we yeah, all know about it. here first. The dude, the dude can dance. So. Can he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're not talking ballroom, but we're talking more like, you know, Studio, studio 146 or... Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like Northbridge on a Saturday night at three AM. Oh, is that good? Cans. Northbridge. Oh, that's, oh, good. that's good. Yeah, I I just live here there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Wacker, you've been selected, mate. Congratulations. Um jeez, that's that's a that's once again big briefs to fill. Huge briefs. Huge briefs. And big shoes. Big trunk. <laughs> Alright guys, well I think we've uh I think we've covered everything for tonight we've had some pretty good debates and um i think uh, we've got all the information for the lip sync battle so we're looking forward to what you guys can produce uh snake thanks very much for jumping in as our special guest uh probationary host for this evening beauty hope to see you again next week <laughs> so uh is richter expecting a gift basket or something like that to keep this spot or uh <laughs> oh, i'll give him a little cuddle next time he's down that's the spirit Actually, I, I know he's very fond of pizza, so maybe maybe sling a couple of those his way and be right to go. I don't know if I'd be able to afford to feed him. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Callum, thanks again, mate. You've jumped in as, as last minute. You, you did tell me that you'd, you'd be ready to jump on at any stage. I've cashed in that favour, and um, I'm loving the results. I love having you on, so thanks for coming uh, in again. Thank you. Both hit, hit the jackpot with this guest. Oh, didn't I? Not at all. <laughs> I go alright without my executive producer helping me out doing all the <laughs> doing all the legwork for me. So uh, no, we're hopefully hopefully we keep the show going for him, keep everybody entertained, keep the footy flowing. So um, I guess there's only one way to finish just, up, fellas. Just, just one last thing uh, for the donations for uh, when I shave my head, um, you'll be able to donate on my Facebook page. Um, hopefully we can get the sharks to share that, um, and we can get the URL posted in. In the, the blurb for the uh, yeah. for the bio for the shark yeah. for the uh, feeding frenzy for tonight, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna call it early, done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So as I said, there's only one way to finish up, up to watch, fellas, and that is by saying, up the up sharks. The sharks.